You're listening to the Stock Market Options Trading Podcast, a podcast helping retail traders like yourself get better results. If you enjoy listening to cutting-edge options research and trading strategies that help you make consistent gains in the stock market, be sure to subscribe now so you don't miss an episode. Now, here's your host, Jay Eric O'Rourke. Hey, Brian, how's it going? Welcome to the show. Good, good. Good to see you, Eric. Yeah, yeah. So Brian and I are on Zoom so we can see each other. And, uh, you know, real quick, Brian and I met through an options meetup. We both live in the central Florida area. And we met with an options meetup. And, and that's kind of how we know each other. He's been running the meetup for, um, I don't know, how long has it been? A, a year or two? Or? I think it's been actually four years there. Really? Oh, yeah. my gosh. Time, <laughs> time flies. Um, now, obviously, um, with COVID and, and things shutting down, we used to meet at the library. And now, um, you know, how, how's the meetup group going now? I know I joined your Zoom call. Are you guys doing regular monthly Zoom calls there? Yep, we're doing a meeting at least once a month, mm -hmm. and we try to get some, you know, different speakers, and we also, you know, touch on all kinds of different topics of option trading, so mm -hmm. that's been really good, and we've gotten a lot of kind of new members who really like the virtual meeting. Yeah, so yeah. That's been good. I know I, um, I enjoyed the last one where we, uh, you were talking about your, your pre-earnings trade. We're not going to talk about pre-earnings today. We're going to talk more about covered calls, but maybe that's something we can get back to on another episode. That would be cool. Sure. That, that was pretty interesting. Was I have, I have my own twist on that too. So maybe we can talk about, you know, getting to that. So, uh, so let, let's, before we get into the covered calls, let's back up just a little bit. Um, we've known each other for a couple of years, but you know, how did you get into finance um, in, you know, in the beginning, I know you, uh, you're a certified financial planner, but how did you get into that in the, in the beginning? Yeah, well, I, I started my corporate career working for an insurance company and that was one of the kind of pre, you know, kind of developmental areas. And I've always had an interest in financial planning. So it was a great, um, avenue to kind of take all the courses and get the certification um, while I kept my corporate job. So I, that's how I got my CFP. And it's been over 20 years since I've had it. So it's been a long time. Yeah. So I know you, when we met, you had, you started up North, right? And you were doing financial planning up North and you moved to Florida. So are you still doing that now? Like on the side? Cause I know you're, are you retired? <laughs> I think you're retired, but you do so many things that, 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 you know, that's probably a whole discussion in itself is what does retirement mean? And I'm air quoting in my zoom video, but um, so what, you know, are you still doing financial planning? Cause I know you mentioned you, you still have some clients that you, you, you carry or. Yeah, actually I had a, a fee only practice up in Charlotte. Okay. And, and I ran it for about seven years. So it was going, you know, really well. And I was also working a corporate job at the same time. Gotcha. And, and what happened is my dad got real sick mm -hmm. and, um, and I'm from Winter Park originally. So my brother kept saying, you know, like, Hey, dad needs more help. So I finally took early retirement from my corporate job, mm -hmm. I sold my practice in Charlotte. And then I moved down to uh, back to Winter Park to help take help my brother take care of my dad. So right. that's kind of, and I have started a new um, 
a practice in um, in Winter Park. It's called Blue Marlin Advisors, and um, so we just started that. But I, you know, also in addition to taking care of my dad, started a little bit more actively trading, and I think that's kind of where we kind of ran into each other. Right, right. Well, you know, that's interesting because a lot of people when they they start trading or investing, you do have a, a corporate job. And I think leaving that corporate job is, can be daunting because, the, because of the security. So, you know, it's good to hear that you can do both. And there's, you know, I know when you, I'm on the line a lot and, and there's a lot of people who are striving to just trade full time. Like they think it's some kind of dream job, but the, you know, but if you have, a good corporate job or whatever job that you like and you can trade to build that wealth. And this is just my perception. If you can build the wealth over time and still have that stability of the job, then as you get to retirement, you'll be able to trade full time. But I think some people try to hit the fast track on that and they want to do it right away. So that, that's a good, uh, that's interesting that, that you were doing both. So, you know, when I think of certified financial planner, I kind of think of this long-term, you know, reinvesting and, and mutual funds and annuities and all these things. And, and so how, how did you get from like, and I could be totally wrong in that. How did you get from like financial planning, which in itself seems like a longer term view into trading um, short term? How, how did you bridge that gap or make that, that change? Well, I think, you know, financial planning for the most part is just kind of planning, you know, into the future. When are you going to retire? Do you have enough? Do you have the right type of insurance and all those pieces, the estate planning piece? So those that really hasn't changed. And probably 90 percent of my investing is long term, kind of like all of what most CFP, you know, people would tell you to invest, you know. Uh, indexes, long-term, don't worry about the little dips here and there. But I have found that you can, you know, find a way to generate additional income without really too much risk. So that's kind of what I've kind of gravitated to probably over the last probably couple of years. Right. I'm going to assume that um, you started in covered calls because a lot of, you know, if you were owning stocks, is that sort of your first foray into options where, you know, you could make additional income from stocks you already owned? Is that how you kind of got into that? Or, or how did you get into options, I guess, is where I'm, yeah. I kind of want to know. I mean, I, I've tried, you know, trading stocks, just, you know, kind of short-term swing trading. I've mm-hmm. traded futures. And I really kind of gravitated to options really because that's one of the few places you know what the probability is when you put a trade on. Mm -hmm. And so I started actually doing a lot of credit spreads and I still do some credit spreads, but what I've kind of, in terms of um, the conservative covered calls, I kind of came to the thing where if somebody was like an early retiree or a pre-retiree and wanted to generate income using options, covered calls is probably the best kind of avenue for them to, to, to do. And, and then I kind of came up with, I was in a seminar once and the guy was talking about covered calls. And I, and I asked the guy, I said, does anybody sell in the money covered calls? And his answer kind of perplexed me. He said, actually, I have a 
pretty solid percentage of my people that that's all they do. Hmm. And it got me thinking that maybe that's kind of a, an area that I should really focus on and mm-hmm. kind of built it from there. Gotcha. Yeah, that's interesting because, you know, a lot of covered call um, education that you see online and YouTube and, and these other places, they'll talk about, you know, you own this stock and, and I'm sure there's different strategies. You know, people, a lot of people want to own a stock for the dividend and then sell covered calls in addition. So a lot of times you end up selling calls out of the money because you don't want to get called away. But what I'm hearing you say is selling an in the money call. Is that, is that your intention or is that part of the, the plan is to actually get your stock called away on a, on a regular basis? Yeah. I mean, that's kind of, and it, and it sounds really weird, but mm-hmm. yes, I mean, because that you can get a credit that will pay you enough money, enough income to be worthwhile plus by selling the in the money call, you actually have downside protection, which Mm. you don't have by selling the out of the money call. Right. So the intention is different. I think that's really important for everyone to understand is, is the, the intent of the trade, right? So if you're intending to make it, you want to hold, if you want to hold a stock forever and because you're a dividend type person, the intent is to not get called away, but, but, but you have a different intention. And so can you talk me through that strategy, maybe with a, a particular stock of, of, you know, the time frame and are you, you know, are you doing weekly options, monthly options, and um, just kind of a, a mini, uh, you know, trading process for you when it comes to selling uh, in the money covered calls. Sure, sure. So, for example, let me give you a, let's do Home Depot, for example. So, the trade that I did, a trade I did in Home Depot, the stock was selling for about $285 a share, and I sold the $277.50 call. And I was able to collect enough credit to cover that downside protection, plus earn like about a 0.75% rate of return. So okay. in a week. So, so that's, a, I, that's a weekly option? That's a weekly. A yeah. Weekly and, and, and there are some people that will sell the monthly. There's, you know, it's the right. same uh, strategy. It's whether you want a weekly income or do you want um, monthly income. Gotcha. And, and what I've kind of found is that you get, you know, a higher net rate of return selling the weeklies with pretty much the same downside protection. Right. So, and. When, when you, when you, you said the rate of return was about 0.7%, so that would be for the week. Correct. For the week. Okay. So my goal is when I set up, when I'm looking for these trades, one, I look for low beta, you know, really blue chip stocks. And then I'm looking for at least a half a percent per week with about 5% downside protection. Interesting. So obviously they'd have to have weekly options. They have to have weekly options, right? Now, sometimes it'll, if a stock, if, it, if I come up to the third week of the month, I can pick up a month, you know, one that sells monthlies. Right, right. And I'm assuming you're going to avoid maybe the week or two before earnings because the volatility actually probably rises in that case. Right. I try to at least give it a month before earnings, you know, so if okay. it's, you know, two weeks away, I'll just wait. So I don't worry. Right. About it. I see. Yeah. And then is, is that why you started the uh, pre-earnings trade? So it gives you something else to do yeah. in, in between. That's, <laughs> exactly. It's all making sense now. Brian's got a full, 
a full plan for the two months of the, of the quarter where there's no earnings, I'm going to do this. And then as we leading up to earnings, I'm going to do that. So that's yeah. a good, that's a good plan. What are some of the stocks names that I know you said kind of low beta stocks, obviously they're going to, the liquidity needs to be there. And so they're pretty big name stocks. Like, can you name a few others besides Home Depot? Sure. I did. I, I do. Have, I do spy a lot. Okay. Yeah. Um, I was going to ask about, you know, what do you think about ETFs for this? Yeah, you know? I think they're perfect. I mean, right. um, so I do, you know, the queues sometimes I have done, you know, PayPal, AMD, um, Home Depot, Bank of America, McDonald's, Walmart, right. Facebook, nice. uh, Kroger, you know, so one thing that a lot of people want to know is, you know, like how much money do you need to have? There's a lot of, you know, stocks that are less than a hundred dollars that fit the strategy. So you don't need a ton of trading capital. Right. Follow the strategy. Right. Interesting. One question that, that I have about the, the strike selection, I know we're talking about weekly options about a week out. A lot of times I, I term things in term of Delta. So out of the money would be a Delta of typically 50 or above. But since you're selling in the money, do you look for a a certain Delta, like a Delta 60 or Delta 70? Or do you, I I know some people base, like they want a certain percentage that they, they, that they can get. So obviously over time, the, the, the Delta may change for the amount of money you're going to get depending on volatility. But how do you, how do you choose the strikes? Like how far in the money are you, are you typically going? I mean, typically I'm looking somewhere between the 80 and the 85 Delta has kind of been mm. my sweet spot. Okay. That's deep in the money. It's pretty deep. Yeah. I mean, like you said, though, it depends on how volatile the market is. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes if it's very mol- volatile, I could even go out to the 90 Delta and get enough credit. Right. So do you kind of shoot for uh, that half a percent gain for mm-hmm. that week, somewhere in half a percent, three quarter percent gain? Correct. Mm-hmm. Okay. Interesting. And then are, are there any technical um, considerations, technical analysis considerations, like if the stock's in a, in a downtrend or you feel like 5% protection may be a little bit, you know, do you maybe skip a trade or, you know, is it, is it above a moving average or is there any other considerations you look at? Yeah. I mean, I'm basically looking for a bullish, you know, chart pattern. If the okay. stock is selling off, I just wait until it turns around. So, gotcha. so I'm looking, you know, looking at kind of the moving averages, support levels. Mm-hmm. And so if it, you know, if the, if the support level doesn't, I can't sell it below that support level, I just pass. So I probably gotcha. look through about 25 different stocks every week and I can always find about 10 really good ones. So interesting. And, and so if it does go against you, do you get out or do you, you know, would you hold and then just sell another one the next week? Or do you have any sort of, I don't want to use the term stop loss, but you know, what's your exit plan if, if it does, you know, go below the strike where you wouldn't get called away, which in that would, you know, with a Delta 80 or 90, it would have to decrease significantly in that week, right? Cause we're doing weeklies that for it to actually go out of the money and you'd be stuck with the stock. So how do you, how do you handle that? Sure. So when, when I buy a stock, say I buy it at $100 you know, per share, I, I, my, I have a, built a spreadsheet and it builds in basically a stop loss level that's 8% below where I bought the stock. Gotcha. So I use that level 
or the level of my short call, depending on which is, you know, lower. Um, gotcha. And, and I found that, you know, if, if it sells off that hard, you just want to get out of the trade. Right. But it, it has rarely happened since I really started the strategy. Um, it's happened a few times. It's probably about 80, you know, 85% winners using the strategy. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so, but I do use a stop loss of about 8%, except for like the SPY, because I know that, you know, I can trade the SPY forever if I have to. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's never going to end the SPY. You know, that's an interesting strategy. So I, I know we, we've talked about different strategies and you, you're much more conservative, if you will. So you do consider this a conservative strategy? I do. I mean, because you're not really shooting for a home run. Mm-hmm. You're hitting like singles, basically. Right. And then if you go on vacation, you can just skip it, right? I can, right. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. good. So I have to ask you, I know you mentioned that your wife trades some of these. Is, she, is this the one she trades to? Well, you, you told me at one of the meetings a while back that, that she, she was doing better than you for a little bit. How, well, how's that going? Well, I mean, this is the, I trade her account she doesn't trade, actually do the oh, okay. trade. So I, I call this strategy the Susan strategy mm. um, because that's her, her name, obviously. And, <laughs> uh, and, and it, it has been funny in you know, many months, particularly where it's real volatile or you know, choppy, this mm. strategy has done much better than the credit spreads or a little bit more aggressive strategies. Right, right, interesting. Well, that's, that's really cool that you're able to, do you, do you talk to her about it? Cause I know like I, my wife is not interested in the, any of the, the technical aspects of it. She, she supports and enjoys it and all that stuff, but I can't talk to her about the trades. Do you talk to her about what you're doing? <laughs> I mean, she wants to know, you know, how it's doing in general. Right. She doesn't really care, you know, Okay. Like what stocks I'm trading and things like that. Right. Yeah. So this is why we have, we have Facebook groups and stuff, right? So we can actually talk to people that want to talk to us. <laughs> I think that's why, why I joined the meetup. Cause none of my friends, you know, you would try to try to talk to someone about, you know, options just at all. And they look at you with, uh, you know, like you got two heads or something. So they run away from you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's uh, that's a great strategy. I'm gonna I'm gonna start looking into that because I've been wanting to do um, something, you know, a little bit conservative. I don't know if is the right word, but something that's a little bit more consistent. You know, you've seen a lot of my stuff, and we've shared a lot of information. I'm I'm always trying to find that consistent and consistent in the sense of your process and and you know there is no consistency from like a win rate. You're always going to have losers and things, but consistent consistency in the sense of okay. On, on Friday, I'm going to do this. I'm going to look for these stocks and, and I'm going to look for these parameters and I'm going to put these trades on if they show up on Friday. Is that, is that kind of how you're looking at this? You look, do these on Friday for the next week or are you looking at Monday or? You know, the way I, I kind of set it up is over the weekend, I'll build my uh, watch list. Mm-hmm. And then on Monday, I'll add some positions. On Tuesday, I'll add some positions. Even on Wednesday, I may add a position. And then on Thursday and Friday, I, I go to the next Friday expiration. Okay, so it's not always seven days to expiration. Right, right. Gotcha, okay. Um, Interesting. Well, cool. This is a, I'm, I'm going to have to look into this and maybe, um, 
Uh, are you going to do one of these on your, your Zoom calls? I know, or maybe I might have missed one if you already did this. Are you going to, I'd like to see the presentation because I know you, you'll put a lot of this into a PowerPoint so we can kind of see. Yeah. I mean, I did one a while ago, mm -hmm. but this strategy continues to evolve, kind of right. take things and build, you know, different aspects in. So I would love to, to do that because it will help me kind of, you know, make it a little bit more razor focused. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, this has been fun, Brian. I appreciate the, you sharing the um, knowledge. I know I'm going to definitely have you back on because I know you have a couple other strategies. If people want to kind of connect with you, where's the best place to connect with you? You, you mentioned Facebook. Is that the right place to get with you? Right. I've got, uh, I've got a Facebook um, group that's called, oddly enough, Conservative Covered Calls. Okay. So and that really pretty much focuses on that strategy. And then our meetup group has a central Florida options trading group. So, okay. And that's the group that where you're, you're doing a, a monthly uh, zoom call for various okay. and you have different speakers. Right. Exactly. Okay. So for the listeners, I'm going to put, I'm going to get those links and put them in the description okay. of the, uh, whether on YouTube or on the podcast. So if you guys want to try to connect in that Facebook group or join the meetup. Um, Brian's got a lot of information and I know I, I've seen some of the presentations and they're really good. And, and the fact that you have other speakers coming on in the zoom and the zoom presentations is pretty cool too. So, so I definitely recommend that. So, well, thanks Brian. I really appreciate you coming on and uh, I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Thanks Eric. Thanks for listening to the stock market options trading podcast. To join our community of options traders, head on over to patreon.com forward slash vertical spread options trading for details. But before you go, you should know that everything discussed on this podcast and in this episode is for informational purposes only and should not be considered financial advice of any kind.